0: Here we go. Episode three, hanging with homie. I am Harding. That's homie. And you are hanging with homie just like I am. We're doing this one a little early because I am moving out of my place, leaving California, possibly for good. I don't know, but I'm hitting the road Saturday. And so It's a Thursday night when we're laying this down and you've already brought up a ton of topics in the pre-show notes. I don't really know (laughs) where to start, but I think we'll get through at least half of this
1: stuff. I think we will too, but before we dive into any of it, I didn't know if you felt comfortable sharing your story about the move, where you're going, why you're going, I don't know if that's something you there's, wanted to discuss or not. There's a
0: lot. We could let's discuss it. You brought it up. I'm I'm an open book. We try to be as honest as we can on this show about what's going on. Like look at look at my man. He's in his bedroom, okay? You can tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. cuz there's pillows in his bed. So he's I'm in the kitchen and that's, we're
1: bringing the raw bone as the Sklar brothers would say, dude, I clean this place. This is the only clean room in my apartment. You should see the living room, the kitchen, forget about the laundry room. That place is a wreck, man. but I do this for the hanging with homie listeners. And I do it for you. I do it for the people, man. go. So,
0: um, one of the notes sidebar that you brought up in the show notes was splash mountain is shutting down yeah. and it's. Now, I'll say it's been very problematic um, because what they did is they took the characters from the old ride they had called like, it wasn't a ride, but like a show called Song of the South. And it's, look, it's pretty racist. Like it just is. And so you can go and do your own research on that. But you mentioned that people were selling water. From the last ride, and I live like five miles from Disneyland, so I should have gone over there and filled up gallon jugs and started selling it on eBay. Because when you mentioned it to me, it was at 150. I've seen it going for a thousand
1: dollars on eBay. Golly, that's just crazy, dude. So, if you're if I'm, I'm asking our listeners here, if, if you're a huge fan of that ride, which I'll I'll speak for me. I never understood that it was there were elements of racism involved. I never really dove deep like that. I just kind of took the ride for what it was and I always enjoyed it with all the different animatronics and the characters and the music. And so I, I mean, I never really, I honestly, Dave, I never really even knew about that. So I didn't understand how problematic it was, which would ultimately lead to it being kind of dismantled or rebranded. Rather, I read that. They're going to turn it into a ride based around the princess and the frog. I think it was from like 2009 and this ride has been around since 1989. It's
0: been a while. Yeah, it's been, it's been here a long time, but I, I know, and I, I don't want to jump and say it's getting canceled. I think people have evolved and have realized, Hey, that was, I mean, deemed appropriate at the time and let's evolve. Let's move on. Look, we all didn't want the twilight zone ride. Um, uh, I can't even remember what it's called. The Tower of Terror. Right. That I got, got rebranded changed. to the Guardians. And I'm like, there yeah. like, wasn't even a problem. It was just keeping up with the times. It was a popular movie. And you know what? That ride is still cool.
1: The question that I was getting into, and I'll uh, issue this question to you as well as our listeners. Would you go on eBay and buy water from the last day of this splash mountain ride because again 150 bucks you're seeing them for 300 people are just on the ride with a cup of water it's dirty water that's just water. crazy to me yeah it's
0: dirty Well, that's dangerous by the way to be like cup in the water at any part of the ride it's dangerous and you know people
1: out there are going to drink it like on camera ah <sighs> uh, no well
0: you remember the whole I don't know if it was, I can't put this on a platform. It's not that it was like Patreon or OnlyFans specifically, but there were these, let's call them cam girls or streamers that were bottling up their bathwater and selling it on eBay. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. And there are countless videos of people that purchase this said bathwater. And some of them even drank it on camera. That's why I'm like, <gasps> yo, what is going on here? Like, that's a trip to the clinic, bro.
0: So it's not unprecedented. Obviously, you didn't just pull that one out of out of thin air. You had seen it before. And yeah, you know, if people want the clout and they want the views, they're probably going to do something silly like that with the water. And they're not going to keep it jarred up.
1: Yeah, it's weird, dude. I was just, I was just there just a few months ago, Disneyland. And... One of the things I, I told the lady was, we have to ride Splash Mountain. There's just something about the environment and the animatronics, and I just love that classic Disney stuff. Uh, the flip side of that coin is, I don't really know much about the Princess and the Frog, but this is what the ride is going to be themed around. Now, I am curious, however, to kind of see, you know, how it gets rethemed and and you know rebooked per se. It could be, I mean, it could be cool, but I think, that, I think there's a lot of people out there that are kind of just like, damn, you know, this is a ride that I've been enjoying for years and years. And it's not so much that it's gone. It's just going to be colored in a different way, right?
0: It's just rebranded. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, think of all the stuff that left the park before we even were old enough to go that we didn't even realize was gone. Yeah. That's the, it's the same thing, so.
1: I, I just found out that they're they're also getting rid of the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster, which dang. was one of my favorites, bro. But lucky for me, and if this is if what I read on the internet's true, this is going to be rebranded as an Iron Man ride. So that could be kind of dope,
0: dude. You love Tony Stark. You were texting me, I want to be
1: Tony <laughs> Stark when I grow up, and I was like, well,
0: I don't think yep. why not?
1: Well, dude, I I got home last night after my after my uh, air shift. And randomly, I just popped back in Iron Man One. I think it's because I was I was watching this YouTube series, um, and it was called Shit Show, ah. and it was just about like the making and how things came to be and like the backstory. And I was like, "Damn, this is kind of cool." And they were like getting really insightful about Iron Man, and I was like, "Damn, you know what? I miss Tony Stark. Let me pop in Iron Man One because there's nothing better, dude. It's so good." and that's when I text you, and I was like, bro, I, wanna, I need to be a little bit more like Tony Stark because he's just the coolest dude that there's ever been.
0: Well, I think uh, the show goes well, and we get rich. You'll be on your way, bro.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So on the topic of Splash Mountain, yeah. uh, the new ride, um, and I can't remember what they're going to call it. Again, themed after the Princess and the Frog is going to open sometime in 2024. I think it was Tiana's something or rather, but we got to wait another year for that. And then I think people will be able to decide which they think is better.
0: We'll have to go back. Tiana's Bayou.
1: Yes, that's right. Right.
0: Yeah. I saw that movie. I remember, um, a while back, back when it came out in theaters, I think it was a date. Yeah. I went on a date to go watch that. Yep. Ooh, how'd the date go?
1: It went good. Yeah.
0: Ended up being somebody I dated for a long time. So,
1: dude, let's go. Yeah, it was good. So, in 2024, people will be able to decide uh, which one is better once this ride becomes available. Uh, a big internet debate going down right now, Dave. Speaking of who's better, and I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because nobody loves basketball more than you, at least out of the people that I know. But there's this big, like 1996 Bulls versus the Kevin Durant 2017 Golden State Warriors in an NBA Finals. Which team would win the championship and why? And I wanted to bring you this question because a lot of the takes on TikTok or Instagram, wherever you're watching, it's kind of like, this is who would win, but there actually isn't anything behind it to support it. I know in my heart who I think would win just because you know what decade I love, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Who would win in a series, the 96 Bulls or the 17 Golden State Warriors in a best of seven? Okay.
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna just base this on one. I got. I didn't get into it, but I go deep in the rabbit holes on Instagram, NBA Instagram, and there's a lot of videos now coming out of people snitching on guys who are traveling. There's a whole guy on Twitter who's like, he's like the NBA like official snitch. It's kind of funny. It's like, guys will like carry the ball. (laughs) He's like, oh, palmed it. Pause. That's a travel. Oh, that's another travel. travel. And I saw this move by James Harden doing a step back, and I'm like, that's definitely travel.
1: But, oh, dude, he'll take like three, four different. Whoop, whoop,
0: okay, whoop. <laughs> this is what I thought, but a couple of people were like, "No, like you're just you just think you're right, this and that, and you just want to, um, you know, it's two steps after the gather." And I'm like, "What is this gather?" So I look, and in 2018, the NBA changed their rule, so these two step step backs, you're basically getting three steps now, which is what three, the, yeah. But the NBA makes it so it's a legal move. So I looked, and and then I responded. I said, ah, you know what? I was out of date. I was 2018. I didn't get the update. I didn't get the the download of the new software. (laughs) My 2023 NBA knowledge is skewed. But yes, this move is a legal move. So now it's legal, right? Now, in the spirit of the game, which I couldn't get into longer, I'm not going to do a whole back and forth on Instagram, it's a travel I've never been able to do this, gather the ball with two, then take two more steps. No, the gather used to be part of the step, and then you had one more step to make your move, pivot, whatever. But now you can gather, stop, and take two more steps. So it's now a legal move. I'm saying all this because the 2017 Warriors came before this move, and I think you know Steph makes some pretty incredible moves but a lot of what he does definitely pushed the NBA to allow this to go through because they want more people to watch it's a highlight culture we live in people, it's a little more
1: entertaining
0: right it's more entertaining people love the moves i mean look they're not i wouldn't call them legal even though by the letter of the law they now are and i say that yeah. because if it was the 2018 or 19 warriors who had a 773 and 9 record versus 72 and 10 96 Bulls Then you know You've got this new travel Non-travel rule. I think the Warriors have the edge But since they came before that rule if you're gonna really enforce the rules I think the Bulls beat them up and probably win in five or six games because like Kevin Durant and um, Steph are gonna get in clay. They're gonna get bullied out there
1: like they're clamped up They're not they're not moving. They're not and their hand checks
0: are legal Even Jordan is a bully. Like, if you just look at the size of both of those teams, like, Durant has the length but not the strength. Everybody on that Bulls team, even down to, like, the bench. I mean, look, Kerr is probably, as a player, a lot more similar to Steph's build. Right. So I just think the Bulls are going to win on muscle and just, yo, nobody's going to stop Jordan running the lane or you're going to rack up six
1: fouls. And nobody's going to outboard Rodman, not even close. No, and, and the height doesn't
0: matter. And I brought up that point about traveling because you're not going to get to pull off all these moves in the in the real NBA before 2018. Those are travels. I mean, it's, yeah. it's obvious. It's not like a close one. It's obvious. So the Bulls, to me, they have the edge because they won all these games in a physical era with yeah. without a bunch of three-point shooters.
1: Physical era, I want to I I dive into that. I wanted to follow up my original question with, would it matter what time period that the game took place? So, say you plucked the Bulls out of 96 and you dropped them into 17 and in the way the game is then and, you know, advances, whatever. Or if you plucked the Warriors out of 17 and threw them back into the 90s, do you think that could have, like, some sort of say in the outcome of the game, or is it just basketball is basketball?
0: Well, that's a really interesting point because if you pull the Warriors back to 96, they don't get to 73 and nine. I think they can no. still get to the finals, but they're not going to have a record like that because you're not playing the game the same way. You have to earn your buckets. Your three point plays are not all behind the line. You got to get to the rack. Yeah. If you flip it around and you bring the Bulls to this era, I think they still have a harder time getting to 72 and 10 because so many teams can get hot and just shoot the ball. And if you're just hitting threes at a rate like the Warriors are, then you're just going to have a hard time defending that. You can't, at some point, you can't defend everybody shooting the three.
1: No, you can't.
0: So, what it comes down to is do you think that Michael Jordan and Pippen and Rodman on the floor? Can take Clay and Steph and Durant. So if 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 they equaled each other out, then who are the other players in there? You got like a a Luke Longley and a Tony Kukoc, and then you got an older but still good Andre Iguodala, and I'm trying to think of the other you know 2017 guys like a Harrison Barnes or somebody on the the Warriors. There, those are the guys that have to step it up, right? And Tony Kukoc yeah. is basically the best player in Europe. You're just dropping him onto the Bulls. Yeah. So I still think you've got to give the advantage to the Bulls. They're just more physical. If it's a pure, okay, if it was just a shooting contest, then I think the Warriors have the edge.
1: Right. But this is an actual game of basketball and you broke it down so perfectly. Yeah. My take on this is I would give the Warriors maybe one game but i just think Dang. the overall bulls the starting five the bench i think it would just be overwhelming i think to you know to take the word you used bullied they would just get Bully bullied ball. yeah just get literally just pushed around and the warriors they're just they don't have the strength to match up so i'm going bulls too and uh dude i'm so glad i asked you that cuz i knew i knew you could like break it down and not just be biased, not just say, well, just because. You could actually break it down kind of like, well, based on my understanding of the game, this is why I think this would happen, and this is this is how I think it's going to go. I think that, dude, that was cool.
0: Yeah, I just think you get into a shootout with the Warriors, you're probably not going to win. But that's not how the game was played in the mid-90s, mid to late-90s. And, dude, imagine if Jordan came up Drafted in the same class as Steph or someone He would eat people alive Yeah Because It's just a
1: special tenacity dude that he has
0: You watch Jordan Lean Jordan Before he was like "All right, the Pistons beat me up I'm gonna put on some bulk Lean Jordan would have been a problem for the Warriors And then he decided Nah I'm gonna get muscles And then he was just Double three peats I mean That's all I gotta say I know we got away from me moving We will talk about that Yeah But I love talking about
1: the '90s Bulls. Yeah, and the I Bulls. miss I miss that era of basketball. I miss I miss that 2000s era too. I miss like the inside-out basketball rather than the outside-in that we get now. And Kobe and
0: Shaq. I mean, yeah. Garnett and Paul Pierce, the the big uh, the Boston Three Party.
1: Yeah, I think. Gosh, man, I don't really keep up with it like I used to, but I think. Like, my last favorite player was Dwight Howard. Dwight? Yeah, I loved how we played, dude. Just go up and get it, slam it down, blocking shots out into the fifth, sixth row. I loved watching Superman play. He was just so electrifying. And I don't know, he's kind of like the last, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you do know more about basketball than I do, he's kind of like the last real big man, is he not?
0: Well... I mean, from a playing style.
1: Yeah. Playing style is what I mean. Totally.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, size-wise, too, if you look at some of the clips that I've been seeing posted on Instagram, because we're getting closer to the All-Star break, of Dwight playing in the McDonald's All-American game, as right. a high schooler, he looked like a man. He looked like 30. He did. 30. Uh, it's like that that clip from um, Bad Boys uh, 2. It's like, you look 30. So yeah. Yeah. And he's just dunking on people, sitting next to them. It's the to,
1: shoulders. It's, they're just so wide. And it's like when he fully filled out that frame, it was like, guy is built like a Greek god. Like, get out the way.
0: And he had a finals run with the Magic. They they went to the finals. And I think, I don't know if they played. i got to look it up. But he had a I finals run. I can't remember run. either.
1: Yeah. And then I do know that deservedly Dwight finally got his championship ring as a part of that. What was it? The 2020 Lakers team when they were playing in the, that's right, in the bubble and all that. Yep. Yeah. And dude, he, he balled out. He was a beast. Just dude, just boxing people out and grabbing boards and going back up with two hands and just like, you know, almost taking the rim down. I love that kind of basketball. That's why Shaq's probably my all time favorite player. And that's why I said my, you know, last favorite star player was probably Dwight Howard. But dude, what is, look at look, what's going on behind you. They
0: played the Lakers. Of course they I had did. A, yeah, of yeah. course they did. That was the year before or no, that was the the year after the Celtics won.
1: Oh ah, so Celtics
0: okay. win. Lakers win. So the Lakers played in three straight. They lost yeah, to the Celtics, right. they beat the Magic, then they beat the Celtics.
1: That was when uh Kobe was teamed up with Pau Gasol. Mark and Pogsol. Mark and and Pogsol. That's
0: our remix to Drop It Like It's Not. Not. We'll do it one day, a real video. Mark and Pogsol.
1: Dude, I used (laughs) to love Andrew Bynum. What happened, Uh, dude? Because he he was was a bit... Yeah.
0: One... I I also... Again, I'm in the NBA Instagram sphere. There's this... um, There was one post about one-time All-Stars. Andrew Bynum pops up. I was like, oh, yeah. He just never... Injuries just pro uh, plagued his career. And they brought that up a
1: ton in uh, that I think it was on Hulu. It was like a a Lakers look back. It was like stock. Yeah, yeah, dude. The episode with Bynum, I thought that was so interesting. How he was just uh, who was it? Jerry Bus or what's the one of the son's names? No, I know. I I know Jerry West. He's he's a guy on the logo. Logo man. You talking yeah. about one
0: of the bus uh, family or one of the
1: sons, yeah, was like that. Like Andrew Bynum was like his project. Like he wanted Dang. to draft him no matter what. So n- nobody, nobody really had a choice. So
0: he had potential. I mean, and then you got Kareem to coach him.
1: Yeah, and the only thing I that mean, stopped
0: him was injuries. You
1: can't ask for a better coach than that.
0: Wow. Uh, okay, but back to what's happening. So behind me.
1: You told me that before we started recording that the fridge was empty. Dude, look, there's no more magnets. Man. Stripped magnets. Moving is the worst. If you're you're hearing this right now, I'm sure you can agree. Any type of moving is the absolute worst. I hate it. It's, you
0: know, it's not fun. I'll say that. Just that's the best. The best I can say is it's not fun. The best outcome is that I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff, and that feels so good. I've made like six trips to Goodwill. My neighbor, uh, Gina, I've brought over nice things to her. I took a photo of this elephant. It's a nice big canvas. And I was like, hey, do you want this? Would you hang this? Yeah. And I brought her over a drum I got in Ghana. And I was like, look, you can have all the nice stuff. She's like, yeah, like give me the nice things. I sold her my TV, my TV stand. But I'm packing up. I've been, it'll be almost a full year having lived in Southern California. I put it on my bucket list back in 2017. I said, I want to live here. At some point, I got to know because I lived in NorCal. You lived with me up there for a while.
1: Shout out to Santa Clara one time.
0: (laughs) The yay area. So I know what that's like. And I just needed to know what SoCal, not LA per se, although I worked there a bunch. And now I know what it's like. And I can say that I did it and I'm moving on. Gulf Shores, Alabama,
1: for a like a from what I understand is like a pretty exciting opportunity. No,
0: yeah, it's going to be a content startup with a buddy of mine who pitched me a year ago, and so I took the full year to think about it. And then he pitched me again because I go down there for Thanksgiving to meet up with my family every year. And he's yeah. like, "What do you think, man? I built the studio, I got this and that." And I said, "It's a pretty good pitch. You're putting on the full court press." Like and he's like, "Yeah." This is how he got me, okay? He goes, I just haven't had a Dave. And I was like, Man, <laughs>
1: everyone needs a Dave, I, bro. It's yeah. real.
0: And he said that. I was like, man. All right. I'm like, that's okay. That's pretty good. Stroke the ego enough. I'll I'll bite. And it's gonna be really inexpensive to live because now I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to pay Spectrum, which I just canceled today. So no internet bill, no electric bill. No (laughs) gouging. Dude, they were just like, but do you want to stay with Spectrum? I'm like, no, I'm like moving. They're like, I know, but we can set you up again. I'm like, yeah, but it's my friend's thing. Well, do you have any family staying behind? No, like I said, it was just (laughs) me and now no one else lives here. But is there anyone else? I'm like, no, I just told you there's no one else. The new person's moving in. Oh, okay. Did they have spectrum? I'm like, I don't know. Oh You're going to have gosh. to ask them. Do you want me to leave the, Leave you their number? Jeez. Oh, my goodness, man. they're just <laughs> relentless. <laughs> like, you know, it's like they're like vampires. Like, if you invite them in, they never leave.
1: <laughs> no. So, you were saying that you visited down there quite a bit to visit family and stuff. So... Like, how familiar are you with the area that you're going to be in?
0: Very familiar. Right down by the floor, Bama. The international bar that uh, if you know it, you know it well. If you don't know it, you're like, what the heck are you talking about, Dave? Well, as soon as you come visit, you'll understand. It's an institution. They hold church service on Sunday. They have a membership that you can buy so you don't have to pay cover on a busy night, which is cool. I think it's like... I don't know, fifty, a hundred bucks for the year. And they have a gift shop. Um, my cousin works in the back bar. Shout out to Ashley one time. Ashley, what up? And uh you can walk through the bar to the beach. On the other side is the ocean.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: It's literally on the Florida Alabama line. So it's not a Florida Georgia line, but it's a cool line.
1: So Man, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for you. And uh I wish you nothing but you know, continued success. I know you're going to crush it down there just like you were out in California freelancing. And and it's true. Everybody needs a Dave. And don't worry, the show is going to continue no matter what. The show will stay
0: having a Dave. Absolutely. And it'll stay having a Jr. We're both we're both going to be here. And that's why, again, like I said at the beginning, we had to record this one early. I wanted to make sure we stayed on schedule. So by the time I get in the car, I know I've got this in the can and I'll be all set. So, yeah, I'm moving. I'm uprooting. I'm out of here. in let's see, it's Thursday. So less than 48 hours. This will be no more. This is the last the time road, man. last Hitting time we're gonna see this setup. And get ready, everybody, for the road trip vlog. I'm gonna be filming. That'll be cool. I'll probably try to throw a clip up um when I get settled and we record our next episode.
1: Yeah. And before before we dive into some of the stuff happening over on the radio side of things and the pop culture world, I kinda wanted to um I kind of wanted to bring up just some of the feedback you've gotten from the show. I've got a bunch of positive feedback, funny feedback. Love it. uh, Just a lot of different voice memos from friends. Just kind of like, hey, that story you and Dave talked about reminded me of this. And then I'm listening to them and I'm just laughing and laughing. (laughs) Oh, I know the one you're talking about in particular. Yeah. yeah. So the feedback has been awesome. So I'm really happy that y'all are enjoying the show because this is... This is something that Dave and I have talked about for a while. We just didn't exactly know what or or I think the better word is how it would exist. And it was like, well, we can create you know, different types of videos for the channel. But then we're always calling each other multiple nights during the week. And we'll be on FaceTime for an hour, sometimes two hours, just doing creators therapy, you know, cause we're, you know, two best friends for over 20 years and we understand each other so well and we work, you know, in similar fields. So we get it. And, uh, yeah, I've gotten a ton of really cool feedback and I just kind of wanted to hear about, you know, what kind of feedback you've gotten from folks.
0: I think they're excited that I'm doing a, a podcast. Um, I haven't got as much feedback as you, but mostly, a lot of, I didn't know you guys were like that close of friends. Cause I've met some people in Nashville that you also know through the music industry, but I met them, you know, whether it was like on a cruise or at some different location, they're like, "Yo, you mean Jr, my homie Jr. I was like, yeah. I'm like, that's like my best friend. They're like, no way. So now that they're seeing us on screen at the same time, they're putting two and two together. Oh, you guys don't just like casually know each other. Like you've known each other forever yeah, um, so you know people like the show. It looks crispy. It sounds crispy. It is crispy. I mean, this weird looks
1: pretty crispy right now. I'll tell you
0: that. Well, I was telling you before the show, it's weird because it's in four k. So when I look at myself in the zoom and the light moves because it's trying to get all the pixels for Zoom, but zoom only, I think captures in like ten eighty or seven twenty. Right. You can see every little hair. Like I can see, like I have like a couple white hairs coming through, but I would pluck those.
1: It's glistening, dude. Dude, just <laughs> glistening, bro.
0: Yeah, I'm so, growing it out. Ryan, he's like, he's like, what are you doing with those pubes on your face? That's <laughs> like, bro, just bro. It's the in between phase. I gotta like let it happen.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't do the whole beard thing. I just, I like to be clean shaven, baby face. You know helps helps me feel young I'm a, I'm a heel all right you are dude i'm surprised you don't God have the heel. like the blonde on just the mustache like the hogan how he does it bro Brother. if you did that for Brother. one of our shows dog just, just, i would love you forever
0: just shave everything or i could do like the the sole patch of blonde yeah. that could be kind of cool the, the facial hair could get weird I'm i
1: got too much to think
0: about i just like yeah. at this point my facial hair and my regular hair are just growing because I don't have time to go to the barbers.
1: Yeah, my hair is growing just not in these two recessed points. Uh, you know, I'm blessed with the family hairline. So I go in to get a haircut the other day. and it's this girl that I recently started to see because my my hairdresser before, jacked up the price to like 50 bucks a cut before tip so i'm like i thought you were gonna say
0: she jacked up the hairline it's like whoa take (laughs) it easy no no.
1: (laughs) so she like the the price jacked up because and i totally get it because of inflation like it's probably costing a lot more to have rent in the you know building that she's in but so i go see this girl that i you know i've went to a couple of times she does a you know pretty decent job and i was happy last time but dude this time she just went super high super tight rounded the top there's no like structure i can't pull these hairs pull these hairs up to try to hide so uh i'm just fully exposed but the tough part about it dave is i don't even have a big wiener to make up for it so I'm just double screwed dog like what is a man to do you know well, but i'm that, out here
0: bro with well i would say you're negative screwed if you don't have a big wiener <laughs> I don't think it's happening for you.
1: Uh, uh, anyway, man. over on the pop side of things, yeah. uh, Justin Bieber just sold his uh, entire music catalog. I think it was like 290 some odd songs for $200 million. And I'm going to read you this report from CNN. That's a lot it of says, bread. Yeah, Justin Bieber has sold the rights to his publishing and artist royalties from his song catalog, adding himself to a growing list of pop stars who have inked rights deals. So Bieber sold his catalog to hypnosis. I think it's pronounced as a random G in there that I can't really sound out, but the music rights investment company announced this week. Uh, also some younger artists like Bieber have also started to sell like imagine dragons. Um, and then you got people like um, Shakira as well that are selling off the rights to their music. Shakira, Shakira. And it's so weird to me, Dave, because I'm thinking like if I'm Bieber, this is my life's work, you know, like Mm. you didn't get discovered on, on YouTube for nothing. You didn't become the biggest pop star in the world for nothing. And then just to sell off your life's work.
0: Well, that was interesting that you brought that up. I watched uh, last night, I was looking for something to watch on Disney plus and there was this random documentary about YouTube. And part of the documentary was talking about Beaver and how Scooter Braun found him and said, we got to get this guy and all the gatekeepers at the time were like, what do you mean, YouTube? This doesn't matter. And they did this performance of like one of his early, early songs outside of the Warner offices or Universal. I don't remember which one. That's cool. And there was a crowd of like a hundred, couple hundred people. And every executive's looking out the window like, how did he do that off the strength of MySpace and YouTube? Wow! So your point's well taken. The guy invented a whole method of marketing, and now to just get a lump sum, that's all you get. But I think there's a little bit more to the story. If I'm reading it correctly, I would guess he still gets to perform the songs. You know, yeah, I think that was one of the details because that would make no sense. So now you can you got to ask permission. It's it's still like look, it's. Baby without Bieber is just ludicrous doing a quick rap. (laughs) And then there's the beat. So like, clearly it's like, is this song?
1: It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like I, I couldn't, I don't know, man, you know, coming from somebody that's also written and recorded music. Obviously I never saw the kind of success that Justin Bieber did, but I, I like to think that if I had, there's no way that I could sell off my entire body of work like that. I kind of agree with Taylor Swift, you know, like with that whole situation happening to her, she's doing the opposite thing. Girl is re-recording all of her albums so she can own all the rights to them. And that's kind of, that's kind of the side that I land on with this. If, if, if I'm Bieber, this is a bad move, you know, but that's just, that's just how I feel because I think I just really value the enti- just think about how many years you know we've been listening to him and that's he's been on the radio it's your whole life's work yeah. to
0: this point i i'm just curious as to what's the motivation behind getting 200 million dollars what is that I think the motivation for? is the
1: 200 million dollars right
0: i yeah i know but when you put it in perspective 290 songs that's less than a million a song
1: Well, all right. Do the math real quick. So 200 million, right? Divided by 290.
0: Yeah. Like it's already less than it's.
1: it's What does that exactly work out to? I remember doing the math when I first read the story, but I can't remember.
0: I got to turn my phone sideways to do the big numbers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's how, you know, he's making the big money.
0: You got to turn it sideways. Two, ninety million divided by
1: no two hundred million divided by two hundred and ninety. Oh, see,
0: this is why I was bad at math. I couldn't even remember <laughs> the
1: question. <laughs> Dog, I'm the, was the worst in math, so
0: because I was like, "Why is it even?" I'm like, "This doesn't make any sense."
1: Yeah, I think I think it worked out to just under. A yeah. million. Yeah,
0: like I songs. said, it's so it's about six ninety, six hundred and
1: ninety thousand a song. Bro, you're so you're telling me right now baby is worth six hundred and ninety thousand dollars. You're telling me that beauty and the beat. You're telling me that Great never one. say never. You're telling me that you know, sorry. What? No, man. What? 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 Two hundred and ninety songs? What? 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 <laughs> million, not worth it. What? What? (laughs) It's just not enough. It's not enough to me, man. It's got to make sense to him. Yeah.
0: I don't know, but, uh, okay. Obviously, more is going to come of this. You got to stay tuned. I don't know where the news is going to come from, but there's got to be a greater reason because I would just hold out longer. Yeah. Like I was looking at what I was looking up earlier is Chris Brown is one of the youngest artists to own and did a new deal to own all of his masters in publishing.
1: Right. So he's on the other side of the fence. I just saw something about Chris Brown where I think he surpassed more billboard hits or something than Elvis.
0: Dang. Yeah. I know he has more billboard hot 100 entries than any contemporary male singer alive to date. With 160 consecutive weeks charting on the Hot 100,
1: that is out of control, dude. He just lives on the chart. Yeah,
0: so that was like I was trying to find a, a point uh, of uh, to base it on because I know at some point too Michael Jackson sold. Michael Jackson, I gotta look that up too. I just want to. I think
1: we're gonna. If- I think we're gonna find out more uh, as the days go by. But I think the biggest question that I have to wrap up this topic here is why right now? And why was that the right amount of money? You know, because you know Bieber's going to continue making hit after hit after hit. So why not even hang on a little bit longer? And if you're going to do it anyway, try to get more. Maybe after one or two more albums that are just mega successful. Or is there a risk in that? Say he does release another album or two, and they don't do as great as his previous. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of hurt the overall value of the catalog? I don't know.
0: Dang. Tough spot. We're going to definitely be talking about this again because it's not finished. This deal might be done, but the whole story is not over. What's a movie you remember as a kid, but only you remember it? And I remember all the hits. You do. Like, you... like. Never Ending story. story. I was like, okay. Right. And you're like, well, everybody knows that. I'm like, well, okay. But that's when right. I um Fern Gully. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. Uh, was that a show? No. That
1: was, that was a, movie. a movie. And then yeah.
0: Fraggle Rock.
1: That was a show. Bro, mom tells me that when I was like a young, 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 and that was my absolute jam. I loved Fraggle Rock. Dude, it was so sick. And the music. So great. And the puppets. And it's just... That's great entertainment for a kid.
0: Bro, I just, yeah. The thing I was trying to explain, I don't even know if it exists. I think it's some memory that's like really in there (laughs) that's really messed up. And I just don't know. I just need to know if it was real or not. I don't care if it was. I just don't know anymore. Okay, Square One I confirmed is a real show. What I'm remembering, I don't think ever happened.
1: You're probably confusing some other show that you had seen with square one and thought that was square one.
0: I think I was watching like American werewolf in Paris and then suddenly I was watching square one and in my mind I had a dream and I'm like, how can this be a kid's show? This werewolf is terrifying.
1: It shouldn't <laughs> be on this show. Well dude, goosebumps was a kid's show. And those oh, first yeah. couple of episodes with the green mask, if you recall Bro. those, those were absolutely terrifying where you put on the mask and it gets stuck to your face. and, you can't and- get it, Yeah. You can't get it off no one of the things i recently went through i think it was maybe halloween a couple years ago and i started watching all those again and i was like damn like these first couple episodes with that green mask are terrifying and one of the things that really stood out to me is i think for like budget cuts a lot of it was shot in canada so all the actors and actresses were canadian like doing their best american accent
0: oh hey that's that, that, that on your
1: face there you got to get it off <laughs> and then we got to go over to shop shoot to make red Shooters art.
0: Well, Man. We're only
1: 12 We can't have alcohol It's Canada you never know <laughs> Well the movie that I recall as a kid And uh, I seem to be the only one David is driving me nuts What is? It, it? was about It was kind of like Ninja Turtles But they weren't turtles They were like Ninja Kangaroos And the movie it was called um, Warriors of Virtue. All right, okay, I've never about, heard of it. Okay, it was about these um, these ninja kangaroos. And dude, I wore out this tape when I was a kid. I watched this movie so much, uh, just fascinated by it. Right? It came out in '97, if I remember. Uh, so the premise of the story is this: like middle school kid, his name's Ryan. He uh, he has a bad leg or something and i'm giving you the you know cliff notes here he's he's on some sports team and everyone's making fun of him because he's you know he's not as athletic as the other kids this catastrophic thing happens i think this pipe burst or something this and he winds up in uh gosh what was it i think it was it was like a i think he falls in, in into this water whatever it is and then he wakes up in this strange lake and he's in a world and a bunch of just wildness ensues with these karate kangaroos. Um, and it even teaches you good things like to never give up and, you know, push beyond your physical limits because he had a bad leg in the real world. But when he lands in this strange world, it's completely healthy. Right? So he's, he like wakes up, he's all healed. Um, the movie's still dope to me. I even remember visiting what was it? Fifty two eighties, a totally awesome shop here in Denver. This really cool retro shop, and they had all four of the Warriors of Virtue, the Karate Kangaroos. But the so, price,
0: so it does, is exist. a little
1: bit, yeah, a little bit too steep for my uh, wallet on that day. But if I go back and they're still there, I'm definitely going to grab them. Um, but yeah, I always love this movie. Never, seen whenever it. I bring it up, see my best friends never even see next time you come out, you to never am showing you,
0: you never even told me about it. Cause you probably weren't sure.
1: I got it. I got it on my stream drive. So <laughs> okay. next time you're here, I'm making you watch it. <sighs> all right. Um, all right. I'm in, I don't exactly recall the entire premise and the name of all the characters and stuff. I was trying to read the notes that I came up with that I could recall. Um, but yeah, I always loved it. And for some reason, anybody that I talk to that's our age, they're like, what the hell are you talking? Karate kangaroos? What are you talking about? Like, Are you high? Like, no, this is a real movie. <laughs> and I loved it when I was a kid. I think I even like watched it again just a few years ago because I'm like, oh, that's right. I loved this. Mo-. You know what I mean? But yeah, I want to know if you're if you're you know hearing this let me know in in the, the comment section like do you remember the Warriors of Virtue because I seem to be the only person that knows that this movie exists
0: man strangely you're gonna have to put me on game I got you bro I'm um I went down the goosebumps rabbit hole just while you got started on that yeah do you remember the episode? And I'll jog your memory a little bit. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Does that ring a bell?
1: I remember the name. Absolutely. Okay. This
0: was the episode where eventually you figure out like the counselors are lying to the kids about some beast like, oh, the kid went in the woods and like the beast ate him. But then slowly but surely the the campers are like, wait a minute. All my friends are gone. I think this is a cannibal camp.
1: That's right. I remember, dude, this stuff this is, is a wild show. Get out of wild, here, Wild, bro. So I'm like, Golly. I'm like
0: reading these notes and I'm like, oh, and then they're sitting there in the cafeteria, like eating. And they're like, Billy's gone. Wait, Billy didn't come back. And they're like, oh my God, I'm eating Billy.
1: Oh my God. Dude, I absolutely remember it now that you're like telling me the premise and everything. And dude, that had kids everywhere terrified to go to to go to like stay over like summer camp just just petrified at
0: the height of me going to summer camp like up up in Maine dude and Maine is one of the most terrifying places to go to overnight camp because of movies well shows like this and like Friday the 13th is based on a lake in Maine
1: Crystal Lake man so you're like man
0: I gotta go somewhere at night I gotta leave the cabin man (laughs) I'm next this isn't fun
1: Man. So many good ones, dude. Goosebumps was so good. Are You Afraid of the Dark was super good. I like that one too.
0: Book Fair, bro. Yeah. Okay. I brought this up. I was I was um, talking to this girl and I sent her a meme about, oh man, I got 20 bucks. I'm about to go and clean up at the book fair, the Scholastic yeah. book fair. And she's like, I don't, what, what was that? And I was like, man, is she too young for me? Maybe too
1: young dog. <laughs> if she don't know the scholastic book fair and how lit it was, she's too young for you, dog. I'm sorry. That's was just like, the way it is. I'm
0: like, I'm about to get that yellow Lamborghini poster. I'm going to get yep. three goosebumps, a pencil an eraser case, man I'm, man. I'm like, that was the best day of the school year.
1: Yeah, if like if, if your parents had money, mine didn't. So I never really got anything from the scholastic book fair. I would just, you know, watch my friends leave with like the dopest erasers and cool posters and like the RL Stein, you know, Goosebumps books and I'm just like, "Man, is there a one day, one day."
0: <laughs> well, dude, when you get your your house, you'll just get a whole library with the complete collection RL yeah. Stein.
1: And they'll just sit there because I'll never actually read them. It was more just like, it was never about oh, reading if you them. have it, no, if you have it, you're cool. And you would always like have it on display that you had it. Like it wouldn't be in your book bag. No. It would be in your hands. Yeah. You know, you're just casually walking down the hall with your bag on and you're just kind of, you know, showing off the book. It's like, damn man, he's really got it going. Is All that? the girls must love him, man. He's got the, he, he <laughs> He's got that latest goosebumps, bro.
0: And Because the Man. cover wasn't just uh, uh, it was like tactile. The cover had yeah, the, like, it was bumps. like
1: embossed. Yeah, it had goosebumps,
0: <laughs> folks. folks. <laughs> so, it, okay, but if you've been keeping up with, like I have, again, NBA Instagram. Do you ever see the carousel posts where LeBron will be on like page one of a book? And it's like ten posts of ten different books, and he's always on page one. Is LeBron doing what we used to do with Goosebumps books? Is he just like flexing
1: <laughs> to showing off that he has the book?
0: I mean, like one, he's wa- he's doing the like entrance where they film them walking in, and I'm like, bro, you're not reading and walking. Like, get out of here.
1: No, that's just that is not dangerous. The, I mean that that is too dangerous. It's the
0: fake flex. <laughs> I was like, yeah. bro, you're always on page one for the photo. Just open to any other part of the book, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, if, you know, the first post, you're on page one. The second post, it's a new book, but you're on the last page. It's like, damn, this guy's just flying through these things. But, you know, immediately after the picture, he just put the the sucker back on the shelf and said, all right, we're good. Post it. (laughs) Send it.
0: Look at LeBron's locker. It's full of books. Does he read them? I mean, look at the photos. He's always on page
1: one. Yeah. I think LeBron James gets a lot of, like, And we're poking fun here, but I think LeBron gets a lot of like unnecessary hate sometimes. And people love to bring up the Jordan LeBron debate and just like they beat it to death, especially on TikTok. Like I can't escape it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't get it, man. There's something about celebrity in this country where as fast as the public wants to lift you up and make you that mega superstar. Boy, do they want to tear you down even faster. And it's messed up.
0: It, it is. There's a difference between when I say, ah, oh, man, I hate LeBron. It's only because he's not on the Celtics.
1: Right. Because if it's he like was on he's the a, Celtics,
0: I'm like, that's my guy.
1: He's a rival player. That's why I'm
0: saying that. It's not because I don't think he's good, because clearly I think he's the best player in the world. I'm just like, why do we got to play that guy? I hate
1: that guy because yeah. he always beats my team.
0: That's like when I would, uh, yeah,
1: when I would always say, "Ah, damn Eli Manning! I hate him so much," and it was only because he was a Manning and he was on the Giants, and we would play them (sighs) twice a year. And man, you know, I'm not on your team, man. Yeah, but there's just there's a lot of like real hate out there that I see for LeBron James. And then of course you have your contingent of people that will just defend him until the end of time with the whole Jordan debate, but. It's a weird thing, man. Yeah. I wonder, I, I, I really wonder why people do that. And we've seen it happen with celebrities over and over again. It's like, okay, we're really gonna get behind them. We want them to be like the next big thing. And then once they get there, it's kind of like, it's not cool anymore. It's it's almost like that person, when, when Dave, when you tell them that you're a big fan of a certain artist and they're like, yeah, I used to listen to them before they sold out. <laughs> Yeah, before they weren't all mainstream on me. Yeah, I've got like all their
0: mixtapes, you know, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I like their earlier stuff, not this garbage (laughs) they're doing. It's like, come on, man. You know, like I can recall when 50 Cent just like blew up while I was in, you know, high school. And I was first exposed to him because of that song, Wangsta, that was on 8 Mile. Yeah. And we'd be talking about him in school. And some of the older kids would kind of be like, Oh yeah, I've been listening to him for years. <laughs> how did how, how did you not know about him? I had this X Y Z mixtape that you know he was on a track that was featured by you know so and so DJ and this artist, and I'm like, well, I'm just hearing about him now. So I think I think it's dope. But they always had had oh they always had to try to have that the one oh, ups well, and yeah that like looking down at you know their nose, the arrogance mm. about like you play. Oh, bands. I knew. I knew about it before you peasant, you know, it's like, golly, man. Like I thought (laughs) we're just, we're just talking about hip hop here. Like this isn't a competition, bro. Dude. It's with some people, as we know, it's
0: always a competition. They don't want you to be doing better than you. It's like, Hey Jeff, I want you to be doing great. Do great. Not better than me, champ. Not better than me. Yeah.
1: You know what? One of the things that really grinds my gears that really chaps my ass, Dave, (laughs) if I can be honest with you, hit me. It's when, and I'm sure folks listening to this can relate. It's when people will watch your stories, but they never interact with your content and your videos and pictures that you post. Nothing drives me more insane than that. And it's it's so messed up and it goes to your point like this whole, this whole talk we're having right now is, you know, people want to build you up, but then, Oh, we don't want you to get too far. So I'm going to stop supporting you. You know, it's, it's like, if I see that Dave put something in his story to share it from a post, I'm tapping on it and I'm going there and I'm leaving him a comment. And it's, it's, it's like that with a lot of people, but dude, how can you have 400 people watching your story but your new video that you busted your butt on has 13 likes and a comment from mom. And that's it. I'm like, what? That's trash. Where, that's- do, where, where do you think that comes from? Do you think that comes from like a, a deeper place? Or do you think people are just like, they, they just feel like they don't have the time? I was
0: watching uh, another random Instagram clip as I do. And this person said to be wary of folks, kind of like this, that watch what you do and they, like, are focused on what you're doing, but they're never interacting with you. Basically exactly what you just said. Be wary of them. Those are not necessarily your friends. Now, some people, they're just stopping by. They're scrolling through, whatever. You've never interacted with them in your life. But it's the people who have been in your life that aren't in your life anymore. And now the only way you know that they're interacting is they're watching, seeing what you do. And like just the other day, somebody asked me, oh, where are you going? Well, what are you going to do there? And I'm like, why are you asking me
1: that? Yeah. Why do you all of a sudden want to know? Why are you suddenly interested, right?
0: You didn't care about all this other stuff I was doing. Like there wasn't even like a a golf clap for me doing something that was like actually extraordinary. But now you're like, oh, see, I know Dave is in video and I know Dave does this and that and he must know something I don't. Maybe, just maybe I can pull a few strings and get him to spill a little bit about what he's doing because maybe it'll give me an advantage in my industry. So it's it's a compliment because it's like, you know I'm good at what I do. So if you can get some info out of me, it's going to help you. But at the same time, just be straight up and ask me the question you want to ask me. Like when I talk to you, yo, Jeff, I can't get my mixes to sound clean and stay under. Like, what am I not doing? Right. Because that's me admitting like, dude, I just don't know. And I have a feeling you might know.
1: And seriously, why is it wrong not to know an answer? Like I've always been told ever since school, like it's okay not to know. Just say, look, you know what? I'm not sure, but I'm going to go try and find out for you. I think that's even way more admirable than just like trying to BS your way through something that you don't actually know anything about. And it's worse.
0: Like the social media exacerbates human behavior. It doesn't, it's not bad in and of itself. It's how it's used. And so people who are just watching you and not asking, it's creating a bad behavior of they don't feel like, they can ask you cause their ego is getting in the way cause it's going to prove they don't know. Yo, we already don't know a bunch of stuff about all the time. There's so much stuff I don't know. I don't even know about.
1: So just to ask or don't. Yeah. yeah it just, it, it just makes me nuts. It's like, even, even some people that are super close to both of us Well, yeah. like, I don't ever hear from them, you know, I have to text them first. Every time. Even if you've
0: been left on red on a message, you're like, you couldn't just respond to this little thing. Like, I let you go all day because I just didn't get to it about the Tony Stark thing, which is totally a throwaway comment. But I still was like, all right, if we're going to start talking again, let me address that so I can, like, I answered it and let's keep going. But some people will just not. And then I know you're about to say this. Then the person will just dive into whatever is on their mind, having not even acknowledged all this time went by and that they didn't even answer some like serious question you asked them.
1: Yeah, it's like we're not even in the same thread, like a new one just started. It makes me nuts. And all the while, they're watching my stories and they're seeing my stuff, but they're not supporting it. Like maybe, maybe it's that they're not supporting it as much as they used to you know right. because some of these people used to way back when this was first all starting for me but i think as you get to a certain level in somebody's mind it's almost as if oh wait a minute this is they they kind of think in their mind this he's in the spot that i'm supposed to be in mm. so i'm going to i'm going to keep an eye on him you know yeah. cuz i don't want i don't i don't I don't want him or her doing, you know, too much better than me, but I'm not going to support him anymore. I'm just going to watch their stuff.
0: They want to make sure. All right, check on that. Make sure they stay right where they're at. No, nothing, nothing more. They can go
1: a little down, but not up. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really contemplating even bringing up here is something that, you know, I sent you a screenshot this week Yeah, of a fr- of a friend of ours that we've had since the nineties who randomly I, I had no idea that this person ever unfollowed me.
0: No, let's talk and, about it. We can cut it, but let's talk about it. You sure? Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. We might cut it, but this
1: might be good for other people to hear. Well, I think, I think it's kind of important because it's, it's in that same realm of like people are watching your stuff. And now that I put two and two together, this person wasn't watching my stuff anymore. I'm like, Oh, well maybe they're just completely cutting me off. You know? Right. Then it's like, I post a new video and it's like, you know, liked by this person, liked by that person. And then so-and-so has just followed you.
0: Because that's the thing about following.
1: If you unfollow and you follow back, there's a notification. Exactly. And I'm like, wait, what? Screenshot. I bust out the highlighter. I circle it and I text it (laughs) to David. I'm like, bro, I'm about to lose my mind. Are you kidding me? And I don't I don't know this person's side of the story and it's so tough. Like I'm not going to mention their name, but I don't I don't exactly know this this, you know, this person's side of the story, but I'm just like when did it become wrong to just cheer for your friends to be successful? Man, Why, like never once even even when when you know you were working your last gig down south, and we didn't we barely spoke like right. we used to back. We saw in the day. each other
0: like once in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, I never once was like, nah, screw him. I don't want Dave to be successful. No, the entire time I was rooting you on. I wanted you to make money. I wanted you to get more notoriety and more followers and just be successful. And it's like. Why don't people want that for their friends anymore? I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm glad that we're actually talking about it because I think it's a super common thing that a lot of people deal with. And maybe they don't really even understand the extent of it yet. They're kind of just like, you know, as I'm kind of getting more and more and like working more and more hard and, you know, things are starting to pay off more and more. It's almost like my friends are kind of leaving me behind. But I think you got to change the way you think about that because it's almost like you're leaving them behind and you're not choosing to. They're just choosing not to come with you. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, well, I'm thinking right now as you're saying that you can apply it to um, all my friends who have kids and are married. I'm Mm -hmm. on the flip side of it. I'm on the side where this other person is. I could act mad, uh, isolated, and jealous, and, like, be standoffish or congratulate them and enjoy the success of their expanded families and ask about things and be interested. I had this weird epiphany today, and maybe it's very common sense, but everyone is interesting if you take an interest in them. Wow. So if you take an interest in someone – automatically they're interesting they don't have to be innately like uh, you founded a company and you're on the radio and you do film like everybody has a cool story but if you're not interested in asking you'll never know what it is so to you they'll always be who you think they are which is only your own dumb perspective if you haven't asked so back to your point though if i'm on that side and i'm getting all salty at my friends because they've quote unquote left and moved on then i'm just i'm just being negative about it i'm not seeing it as a positive like that's so great that they're living out their goals and dreams and it should inspire me to say hey do i want that for myself maybe i do but maybe i don't and if i don't i can still be stoked that their their success is family their success is this job this promotion there's many things that can be someone's success. For you and me right now, it's very career focused. And so for other people, creatively and and not creatively, it could be career focused. And if somebody's trying to just like, it's not even about them actively dragging you down. It's about knowing that at one point they supported you. And then one minute they bail and they don't tell you why. They leave you hanging. You've maybe they've left you like I was recently just left on red on a text. From someone who I was like, I thought we had history and trust and da 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 da, da. like, never expected to just be cut off and then unfollowed.
1: Jeez, like, man. So
0: at first you're like, wow, that sucks. But then you think, you know what? Yes, it sucks, but maybe and probably for this other person, that's their way of being mentally healthy. I don't know why. But maybe it's got to be something for them that's going on. That it's better that they're distant from you for whatever reason. So I just say, I accept that that's kind of what God has laid out. I accept that this is the situation. And as long as I know I can sleep at night knowing I did everything I could do, then I'm good. And I really turn over all the rocks and make sure, like, Nothing is misconstrued I even like reached out, talk to family members. Hey, you know this, I want to make sure that we're cool. Like I still have no ill will against this person, but they just kind of bailed and yeah. I just didn't know what to think about it. And I'm sure you're kind of feeling the same way. Like, yo, what happened? I thought we were just like, like that. I thought we were tight.
1: Yeah. I don't get it, man. And tell me if this is stupid of me and be, be honest because I think we're getting to a point now in our conversations with this podcast where I think the show prep helps us a lot, but when we just start get flowing and start talking about something that we're passionate about, like that's when I think our best conversation comes out and quite frankly, like this has been the best part of our show. So tell me if I'm stupid and with everything you just said, I still will continue to support this person no matter what.
0: It's not stupid because that's the same way I feel about the person I'm talking about. If they were in dire straits, if they were up a Creek without a paddle, I would immediately help just because it's just what I do. It's just what we do. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just, that's how I'm wired. I don't take it personal there's a lot of stuff I probably should take personal. Most people would. I just don't because I just know if if there's something I can do to help and I'm able to without putting myself out, I will. So it's not wrong for you to think that because I know in your nature, you're like, you're always saying, dude, anytime you need a place to crash, you come to my
1: place. I've done
0: it before. i would lived with you for months on your yeah. couch, bro. Well,
1: so, dude, you- that's that's just because you've done – so much for me you've taught me so much you've given me so much advice you know you literally drove me from portland maine to nashville tennessee in a box truck you helped me pack everything like never in my mind have i ever doubted that you you know wouldn't be there for me that's why i always over communicate like bro if if this if this new venture that you're going on if by some strange happenstance it doesn't work out you can just come stay with me. Now obviously I have full confidence in you, but I'm just putting it out there. Hey, if you need help, if you need a place to go, if you need this, if you need that, let me know, you know, cuz most of our lives I've never been in a position to where I could like help you out. Like I can now, right. I could help you out in different ways. Sure. You know, but it's like, just know, no matter what, man, whether we, we do the show for 10 years or just 10 like episodes, just know that I, I always get your back.
0: My dog, bro. Exactly. Dude. And I know that. And I accept it. It's important to accept that. And I think you and me are getting, what we're getting after is I think sometimes we so badly want that other person to treat us the same way. And also we want them to accept our help when as you you and me both know this, you can only, um,
1: what is the saying? You can only lead the horse to the water. You can't make it drink.
0: Yeah, that's one. Yeah. But it's like, I can't help anyone until they're ready to help themselves. So as much as we want to add help, and reach out and, yo, some people need to have, get burned again. Some yeah. people need – some people are just attracted to the wrong kind of person in every kind of relationship, and they have to learn the hard way. We've both learned a lot of stuff the hard way, but now I'm like, you know what, is there another way I can figure out this is bad? Can I, can <laughs> yeah. I look at a different example? <laughs> That's you know me being the the it, becoming an old head you know here yeah. at, at thirty six I'm saying okay i bl- I went through that I don't want to go through that again so let me just back up and watch from the sideline so in my own situation similar to yours I'm, I just say hey the door's open if this other person wants to come back I'll welcome them back I don't have any ill will but clearly this has nothing to do with me which is what I always try to express to you about who you're talking about, it's like, this isn't about you. Something with that person is off. And if until they can fix it, they won't even be able to come to you and say, yo, I realized that you probably thought this was messed up and, and this and this and this, and I'm sorry. Like, they're very far away away from that.
1: I think anybody hearing this right now probably has a friend in their life that this exact thing is happening to them right now, or if it hasn't yet trust us, it is going to, it is absolutely going to, but let's put a wrap on this bromance real quick. Man, and uh, We got I deep. To, we got I deep. To, it was good. We did. Whew, we got a little bit deep there. I wanted to round out today's show. And, uh, there's something about me that a lot of people don't really know. And I wanted to share the, uh, the story of, oh, of how, how please, I, you please. know, my first real DJ job. You might see it at the bottom of our notes here. All right, all right, all right. Tell us a story. All right, Dave, <laughs> over on the main stage. Right now, it's Corvette. Look at those headlights. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what, what so, uh, what's, what's with the voice? <laughs> Why do we both just go into that
0: voice? Are we, are we teasing something out here?
1: Well, I got my start in DJing when I moved back from California. I did like an odd job. And then eventually I landed a gig and this was on my resume when I got my job in Nashville. So I don't hide it. Yeah, I had a job as an MC at a strip club in Portland, (laughs) Maine
0: this man and, uh, has got me into that place for free so many times by the way
1: <laughs> well they would have free lunch friday bro they'd have like tots and chicken tenders it, it was, was like ca- all it, the good stuff it was pretty good i gotta say it was such an interesting time in my life you know i was in my gosh i want to say i was just getting into my like mid-20s this is before i even started like mixing like djing djing you know and I needed, I needed a job so bad. I had no idea what I wanted to really do with my life other than music, but I needed to make some cash. You know, I was, uh, strangely enough, I was living with my sister in Portland. Um, and I was renting out a room from her because one of her roommates had bailed on her. And yeah, I get this gig and I, I crappy not, I go in there and I, interview and i fill out all the stuff and
0: how much paperwork is involved with being a strip club dj people want to know probably
1: (laughs) there was actually a (laughs) lot more than i expected i'll be honest with you see yeah yeah so you know i i fill out all that stuff the application and the background stuff and then they have to know like can you actually do this you know and i'm like well i don't know but then they bring me into the booth and they have virtual dj And I had experienced that with you out in California. So I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And I already had like a pretty good library of music, you know? And the, like the main thing they wanted to to know before they hired me. And this was like the say all end all. If I answered this question wrong, I wasn't getting the gig. He says, as long as we're on the same page and you're not going to be all the girls and got the job, <laughs> dude. That was it. <laughs> yeah, so I shook his hand and I showed up to work the next day for my first shift. Oh my god, bro! And I was doing what they called swing shift. And let me explain to you what that is. I wasn't getting the prime time nights. Y'all are
0: getting right? An education right now?
1: This went to a guy who had been there for like two decades. He was super good at it, and. Uh, So I was doing like weeknights and then I was also doing these like Sunday shifts, which were like 13 hour days. It was nuts. It was like two, two different rosters of girls. I would get there at three in the afternoon. And then once I, once I finally got home, it was like four o'clock in the morning, you know, but. It was such a wild time, dude. And it was super cool because I'm in my mid-20s and all my friends think, bro, you got like the coolest job ever, you know? <laughs> I did think you're you coming coolest in like I ever. can't believe, yeah, I can't believe you get to do this. And uh, it was super cool for like six months. And then you just become immune to it. Yeah. You just become immune to it. And you're like, are you gonna tip me well or not? If you don't, you're dancing to whatever I want you to dance to. And a lot in a lot of those times. It was coincidentally a topic earlier in the show. It was something from Justin Bieber because I just wanted to (laughs) hear it. (laughs) So I would would make girls dance to like, never say never. never."
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yo, this isn't hot. This isn't sexy.
1: Yeah. But dude, uh, I was there maybe a year and a half. And there was a lot of like bumping heads with management because a lot of these girls wanted to dance to like certain stuff, but the club hated it. But in order for me to make good tips, I had to play obviously what the girls wanted, but it was the exact opposite of what the club wanted. So every time I did, I would get a talking to, and it got to a point where they said, all right, just to to try to like make me leave, it was, we're going to have you keep a log of every song you play during your entire shift, right? It's going to be the name, the artist, the genre, and how long it was. Jeez. And I was like, this is just stupid. Like, what am I doing here? Like this, this isn't like a serious career, you know, but I did it and I took it one step further and I color coded everything <laughs> and I printed it out and I handed it in and they're like, you're, you're such a smart ass.
0: <laughs> you're like, I'm good at it though. Right?
1: Yeah. And I think we ultimately, I got some wild stories. I know we'll you say do. For Down the road. Day. We're going to get into them. It might take There's a little while. Wild stuff but as i kind of got longer you know had a longer experience there started just to like see some just really questionable stuff you know and i'm a straight edge guy i don't drink i don't do drugs so even being mixed up in that environment was a little unsettling anyhow but i just always tried to do a good job and i loved the music and and doing light shows and I got to really put on that voice, you know, and, dude. That's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, it's so forced, and I'm trying so hard, but that's just how they all sounded. So that's what I thought I was supposed to do, and uh, yeah, eventually, just a bunch of shady stuff. Eventually, I linked up with your brother Ryan and our friend Max, and they had started 207 Nightlife, and I was like, I had become an actual DJ, and I would start calling out of my Saturday morning shift, you know, and eventually they're like, Hey, you know, it's, you should, you should go. Like, you don't, you don't have time for this place anymore. And that was how I got out, but found something else. Yes, I did. And then that led to the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing. So the point of this whole story is it doesn't matter where you start per se. And it might not even matter where you are right now. It matters where you want to go. I think that's the most admirable thing because when I was there, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm set. Like this is, this is going to be great in 10, 20 years. I'm glad you didn't think that. No, I had much bigger desires, but a mentor of mine, Rob Steele always told me, and this is something I think he got from his parents was sometimes you got to do what you got to do before you get to do what you want to do. So I'm going to leave you with that keeping it simple man that's why we have you on every week (laughs) just
0: dropping nuggets bro nuggets of knowledge and now oh man oh man i'm ready to ask you stories about that but we got lots of episodes to do that we do
1: yeah and uh man there's some stuff that i'm certainly not even proud of but maybe we'll get into it on a later date thank you so much for listening to hanging with homie for dave i'm jr We'll catch you next week, and remember, it's cool to be you. Peace out.